Welcome to another special edition of the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Kate Calusiestes, one of the pastors on staff. Our ministry of worship continues even though the circumstances around the COVID-19 pandemic have caused us to cancel our in-person gatherings for the time being. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open and affirming congregation. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our messages, we hope that you will find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your journey of faith. We invite you to listen with us now. I never would have thought, as we planned for a strange Palm Sunday, Holy Week, and Easter in 2020, that we'd be doing it again in 2021. I was never a Boy Scout, obviously, but I really like to be prepared for what's coming. So here's a bit of preparation for you. There'll be a moment or two where I might ask a question, and I'd love if you would share your comments in the comments and let us, whether you're watching online or if you're with us in person. Now, if I'm going somewhere new, I don't just turn on Waze or Google Maps and let it tell me where to go. I have to look at the map or the directions and decide on my own route because, frankly, if you live in Atlanta, you don't want to get on the connector most times of the day. I check the weather multiple times before I go on a trip to make sure I've packed the right clothes. And my growing edge is I'm working on planning a week's worth of meals before I go to the grocery store. I like to know what I'm getting into and being prepared for it. The last year has made that hard, which may be why I'm working so hard on this meal planning thing. In recent weeks, we have begun planning here at Covenant ways we might find to see one another in person again, in small groups outside and masked. We're having meetings and sending mountains of emails We are preparing. And some of that preparation has brought us to today. If you're watching this and you're at home or wherever you join us for worship online, I hope that there are also a group of people on the front plaza at Covenant in worship today as well. That the weather has held, that we were able to find low-risk ways to be outside together that traffic is calm enough for us to hear. There are just some things you can't plan for. One of the ways we have observed this season of Lent is with a Sunday school class on conversations around life and mortality and grief. And to a lesser extent, preparation for all of our inevitable deaths. In our last gathering, I shared with the group about a movie I saw recently, although it's an older film. Isn't that what we're all doing now, though, watching old movies we never got around to seeing when they were new? It's called The Way. It stars Martin Sheen as a physician in California who has a strained relationship with his only son. As the movie begins, Tom, Martin Sheen's character, gets a message through his nurse uh, from his son, simply saying that he's in France. Tom heads out to the golf course with his friends, and before that game is over, he receives a call from the police in this small town in France that his son has died. 
He arrives there and realizes that his son was preparing to walk the Camino de Santiago de Compostela, one of the most walked pilgrimages still observed in all of Christianity. The Camino stretches from the Pyrenees at the border between France and Spain all the way to the Spanish coast, more than 500 miles. And with no preparation or training, Tom decides to take the ashes of his dead son and walk the Camino. This officer who has been helping him navigate what he needs to do since his arrival in France questions whether this is really a good idea, a man of advanced age trying to walk 500 miles with no training, and that his son has just died, and it was the son who had made all the necessary preparations. But Tom, fully unprepared to the point of calling his office from along the Camino to cancel his appointments, sets out with his son's pack the box of ashes with him, having no idea what the Camino will hold or even where he's heading. Now, Jesus was prepared too, not all the time, clearly, but certainly in this story from Mark. We encounter Jesus and the disciples on the outskirts of Jerusalem near the Mount of Olives, probably near where their party would be staying Jesus and the disciples are heading to Jerusalem for the great gathering of Passover, and the city would be full. As they get closer, he pulls two of them aside and sends them in to the village to find a colt he's made arrangements to use. This is not simply Jesus making his way to the temple like everyone else. This entry is Jesus putting the powers that be on notice the change is coming. He's clearly put extensive thought into this moment, knowing that after this, there's no turning back, that this would be his undoing in the eyes of the powerful. In fact, at the same time, there was another parade entering the city on the other side. Pontius Pilate has entered Jerusalem from his home in Caesarea. His procession was in the Roman style, complete with a terrifying display of Rome's military might. Pilate was perched atop a majestic stallion and had all the trappings of Roman wealth and prestige, and his procession was a proclamation of his and Rome's superiority. Jesus has prepared street theater to be deeply subversive. He enters Jerusalem with shouts of Hosanna, come save Israel, on a colt completely unarmed. The crowds earnestly shout God's praises, but Jesus knows all too well and easily that that tide can turn. He's prepared for that too. And he's been preparing his disciples for the same thing. He enters the ancient city not seeking to rule over the people, but as one who rejects domination out of hand. He identifies with the poor and the vulnerable, and he refuses to rely on the violence where Pilate uses threat of violence to exploit the very vulnerability of the poor. It's easy for us 
when we all read or know about this day are the short ver these short verses. We celebrate and we gather to process, or we have children process waving the palm branches. We get excited at the prospect of a parade, trying not to think too hard about what will come between today and next Sunday. We ignore those dark days in the middle. We hear the words of the psalm about the gates and we think about how people would have gathered close to them to see him come through and then fallen in behind to be a part of the parade themselves shouting, Hosanna, the Lord's name be praised. Now Jesus is generally not the one to tell you he's the Messiah. He likes for us to figure it out on our own. But this parade could very well be his most public claiming of that title. The crowd likens him to his ancestor, King David, and so the expectation is that he will be their new ruler, overthrowing tyrannical Roman rule. Instead, Jesus upends the idea of kingship altogether. Rather than conquering rulers, Jesus comes to restore broken humanity to God-given wholeness. How are we, as followers of Jesus, working to break down those same hierarchies of power? But what if this parade is actually a protest? Just last week, thousands gathered in downtown Atlanta protesting an act of violence that left eight dead. Our Asian American Pacific Islander neighbors have sadly always been the victims of racism and white supremacy, but the violence against them has skyrocketed in the last year. The Reverend Dr. Barber of the Poor People's Campaign said at that rally, White supremacy is a sin not simply against people of color, but against humanity itself. I wasn't able to be there, which saddens me a bit, since I have spent much of the last few years joining my feet and my voice with those who protest. Certainly there's been a lot to protest, but I know that, there are, that marching in the streets is not for everyone. So, I invite you to share in the comments what is the thing that gets you on your feet, that lights the fire in you and pushes you to action? It could be postcards or phone calls that are your action and maybe not making signs and walking in the streets. Let us know what has spurred you to action or what would. The people of Israel had a lot to protest too. Years of Roman rule under constant threat of violence and taxation that was brutal and unchecked. The people of Israel were aching, were lamenting, hoping and praying for someone to save them. There were others making claims that they could save the people around the same time, but Jesus had a completely different tack and message, one of love, of divine wholeness, of forgiveness. These people were ripe for revolution. That would change their situation. Jesus was not quite 
what they expected, although we don't know if they were aware that part of this moment that Jesus was poking at the powers and principalities. I'd like to think they wanted to see all that might and power turned on its head, and yet the likelihood that this moment sped up Jesus' road to the cross is high. And so they came and they waved their branches and they laid down their cloaks in protest, honoring the one who they believed would set them free. Jesus was prepared. He knew what he was doing, even if, if his disciples and followers did not. His parade was also a protest. But what if it was a pilgrimage of sorts, too? Pilgrimages are all sort, parts of all sorts of religious and spiritual traditions. The most famous one you've probably heard of is the annual pilgrimage to Mecca for our Muslim siblings. At this time, in this story from Mark, uh, Jerusalem was no different. The city filling with the faithful from all over the region for the Passover. The season of Lent is like a pilgrimage in time. A time set apart for us to pay attention differently. A communal journey, even in a time when we cannot be together. But a pilgrimage can be deeply personal. It's time and space that's set apart from our usual world and relationships where one seeks and hopefully finds expanded meaning. The protest of last week, the protests of the last year, the protests of the last five years have been pilgrimages too. People traveled from all over to join with others around a shared purpose. That shared purpose was communal, but for so many, that purpose was also deeply personal. Now, the outcome of that movie, The Way, is that Tom, he walks the whole Camino, and he learns a lot about his son along the way, about his love of travel and learning about the world by walking through it. Throughout this pandemic season, I've heard a lot of people say, now when we get back to normal, but this time has been like a pilgrimage, out of time and our usual structures, and it has changed us. And I hope that the new normal is different from the old one. Prepared or not, sometimes we are presented with opportunities for, for pilgrimage, with times to step out of our normal lives and expand meaning about ourselves and others. Sometimes those opportunities are a period of in-between space where there's time to discern more about who we are and who we seek to be. Sometimes those opportunities are joyful, triumphant parades filled with shouts of praise. Sometimes those opportunities are heartbroken, angry protest filled with lament and cries for justice. Sometimes those opportunities are our chance to see Jesus not just riding by on a colt, but walking with us sharing our joy and our heartbreak, urging us to pick up a palm or a protest sign and get moving. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. We would normally invite you to worship with us in person on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But while we weather the storm of the COVID-19 pandemic, we invite you to worship with us live on Facebook or YouTube. And please visit our website, covpresatl.org, for more information, as well as our full archive of recorded services to learn more about us and to get in touch with us. We wish you well in these times of upheaval. Grace and peace to you.